And there was actually only one match in the whole world <laughs> for my bone marrow. You're kidding. Yeah, one. Like, where? I don't even know because <laughs> it's like confidential. Welcome to a One Life podcast. One Life, as you may or may not know, is a grassroots learning collective made up of equippers serving classes BC, Northwest, and Southeast in the Christian Reformed Church. By providing events and resources centered around the five foundational callings of the church, worship, faith formation, servant leadership, global mission, justice, and mercy. This week on the show, I had the privilege of chatting and hearing the life story of the latest addition to the One Life team, Noah Stolte. Noah is a member at First Christian Reformed Church in Vancouver, and he is a sound design graduate from Langara College. He has a remarkable story of God's grace and faithfulness to him throughout his life, and it's an incredible life story, so I can't wait for you to hear it. This episode will be part one of a two-part episode on his journey, getting to know Noah, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. I hope you enjoy it. So, to catch our listeners up to speed, I'm here with Noah Stolte, the newest editor of the One Life Podcast. Welcome, Noah. Thanks for having me. It is, it's great to be here in your basement suite in Vancouver. I was just <laughs> telling you uh, when I walked in here how nostalgic this is because I was a basement suite Vancouver guy for three years and they were some of the best years of my life. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love my basement suite. Good. <laughs> Good. And we were just bonding over your Xbox and, and sound stuff, you know, nerding out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been good to connect. Um, so just just now, we kind of drafted up a plan here. Um, we're, this is going to be part one of a two-part episode where we explore the One Life podcast. Uh, but first, I, I would actually really like to get to know you, Noah, um, and hear your story. You're our editor. This whole season, you will be behind the scenes, uh, connecting the dots, um, editing Making making me, and especially I hope the guests sound really good. Yeah, adding all those wacky sound effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the the radio DJ. <laughs> 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 yeah, if there's a good that's, zinger. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But since you're going to be behind the scenes, we want to first, I think, get to know you a little bit and, uh, and get to know what makes you tick. I hear a little bit about your story. Um, we'll get into this in the part two episode where we, where we look at the, uh, the, the, the questions about what one life is and what the podcast is. We'll get into right. a bit, a bit more in part two. Um, but one thing I think we are going to get into is the importance of story. Basically what this whole podcast experiment, uh, comes down to is telling stories of and from people in BC Christian Reformed churches. And, and there's a fundamental belief, um, that that is, that is built on, that our stories in some way, you know, however big or small way, reflect the big story, God's big story, creation, fall, redemption of the whole world. Um, that story is illuminated in each of our lives and, and is illuminated by each of our lives in some way. And so 
And that story illuminates our lives. And so uh, that's sort of the heart and the goal of the One Life podcast. Um, or of, uh, and, um, and so we're going to start there. We're going to start with your story. So awesome. Noah, tell me a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Smithers, BC, so way up north. Nice. Uh, if you don't know where Smithers is, it's sort of halfway point between Prince George and Prince Rupert. So four hours to Prince George, four hours to the ocean. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful up there. Lots of mountains, lots of great scenery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole, it's like, tell me about your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> where do you start? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was one year old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up, I went to the Christian school, um, elementary through grade 12. My dad's a teacher there in cool. Bulkley Valley Christian. My mom was an SEA first part of that. Yeah, we went to the Smithers Christian Reformed Church up there. My life's pretty normal from that point of view. Um, so when I was 11, uh, I was actually diagnosed with leukemia, um, which is um, blood cancer. And that was a pretty big deal. Uh, it was just like, I was just like really cold and tired for like, probably a whole month. Wow. Parents didn't really know what was going on. There was a little bit of, maybe thought it was maybe like mono or something, but like took me in for blood work. And it was actually, I was actually like playing a basketball game and they pulled me out of the basketball game and told me, very sick. I got to go to Vancouver. Wow. So I got pulled out mid basketball game. And then I uh, was actually like flown down to Vancouver that night. And, uh, yeah, spent the next couple weeks trying to figure out what was going on. But we ended up living in Vancouver for about 12 months, maybe 13 months, I think. Mm. So, like, just a bit over a year. We lived at the Ron McDonald House, yeah, um, which is in, like, Shaughnessy, a very nice part of Vancouver. So that was pretty crazy. Met, like, so many people who have been, like, so impactful and, yeah. That was a lot. And you, you told me before we started recording, you have a sister. Do you have other siblings? Yeah, I have two younger sisters and one older sister. Okay, and did they come with to Ronald McDonald House? Not, the f not, uh, not that time. Okay. Spoiler, actually, I relapsed oh. with cancer um, when I was 16. So it came back like six, five years later, which is kind of crazy. But they did come down the second time. So we, okay. all, we all moved down Vancouver when I was... Uh, Relapsed the second time. Okay. And but, was, that a, was that a full move? Like you bought a house in Vancouver? Or? Uh, no. 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 We just Back moved everyone yeah. into the Ron McDonald yeah. house yeah. Um, for about, I think, four months. Okay. Or no, a bit more than that. But anyways, I'll try to keep this linear. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was hard though, because um, mm. I think it was only my mom, for the most part, who came down with me the first time to Vancouver. So um, yeah, my sister spent about a year almost without uh, their mom around a whole lot. And I spent a year without my dad around a whole lot. Yeah. Which was uh, pretty tricky, especially since so much was going on. But Yeah. Did, uh, you, did you go to school at the time or? Um, no. My mom had to kind of like homeschool me a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. uh, there is actually a school at the children's hospital, which is pretty cool. And they help like get resources and stuff so that you can at least be taking the right tests and stuff at the right times. Yeah. But for the most part learning the bare minimum on every course yeah, because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot going on and 
You just don't want to fall behind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just trying yeah. to keep you up to speed so that when you re-enter school, you're not like super far behind. So what is that like for an 11 year old? Um, tests every day or? Yeah, what? a lot of blood work. A mm. lot of blood work. There's definitely more traumatic parts of it than others. Yeah. Um, there was one especially rough patch where I got this like really rare like liver problem where like pretty much all my platelets went to my liver and like clotted it up and then so like I couldn't like process fluids for about a week yeah and like that's probably like one of like the more miraculous moments of my life was when like the intern doctor realized what was going on and they managed to like ship a drug from Italy wow (laughs) like just in time to like save my life pretty much so that was pretty insane Wow. And that was already, that, that this was during the, the 11 years old. Yeah. Stay. Yeah. Wow. That was, I think in 2011, it would have been around October then. So yeah, it was insane. Um, sure. yeah, there's a lot of insane stories there. Met some like amazing other families at the Ronald McDonald house though. So we have a lot of really good friends. Oh, um, wow. some Christian ones too, which yeah. is really, it was really great to be able to like, kind of like lift each other up because like everyone's kind of struggling at different parts of the journey so to have like other people who know what you're going through and like be able to like pick up the slack when like you're like okay well this week is going to be really hard for this kid so like and the other families kind of understand that which is it's a really kind of a different and special environment for sure yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. oh man i was pretty young the first time so I was more interested in just, like, who is my friends and not. But I know for my mom it was a pretty important thing to have that community. So after about a year of that, then then it sounds like the cancer was in remission. Yeah, I think it was actually in remission quite early on. It's just that they have to keep hitting it, otherwise it'll come back. So it's actually even on oral chemo, I think, for, like, almost two years afterwards. Just, like, throughout my middle school. So oral chemo is like a, a regimen of drugs or... Yeah, just like pills I was yeah. taking like twice yeah. a day. So yeah. yeah, it wasn't really... There's not really any side effects to it okay. or anything. It was just... I think maybe my immune system was a little bit not as good as it could have been. Mm. So, But I didn't really encounter any problems or anything. Yeah, that makes sense. So age 12, 13 and so, er, or so um, was kind of back to normal. Yeah, totally. Like I had uh, missed grade six pretty much. And so I came back grade seven. Um, I mean, my life was very much impacted by that. Yeah. And, but not all for the bad either. Like I got to do some pretty cool things. Like when you're a kid who's had cancer, mm. things kind of just like happen. Mm. Like I ended up being able to go take a trip to uh, Ontario and go dog sledding for like two weeks just because wow, yeah. like you're a kid who's had a childhood illness and they, they do that for those kids, which is like, you're like, wow, this is so awesome. Like, <laughs> totally. It doesn't really make up for how bad everything was, but at the same time, afterwards, you can definitely appreciate all the perks. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we had, like, a Make-A-Wish trip. Um, me and my family, I went to the Galapagos Islands oh, for wow. a week, which was insanely cool. Yeah. Yeah, just definitely something that we would never have been able to do otherwise. It's a lot of, like, cool things that have come out of it as well. So. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they... That the you know the Make a Wish Foundation, Ronald McDonald House, and your community all kind of pitch in to make that more of a bearable experience. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. and there's definitely people who go through like 
way worse types mm. of cancer than I went through too. So like, definitely it's, um, everything that they do is like so important and mm. very impactful to those kids for sure. Yeah. So, so grade seven till what is your kind of back, uh, grade, back in Smithers? Grade 11. Yeah. So I was back in Smithers just going through school. I'm trying to think of anything that insane happened during that time, but I don't think it did. That's kind of nice, just, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was everything, but it's back to normal. I was just a normal kid. I don't know. Once you kind of go through that, it just kind of like the farther it gets away, the less it feels like it really happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of in the past. But then uh, in 2017, in the spring, I was just, I still had to go for blood work all the time just to like check. And for some reason, like I didn't have like any white blood cells, which was strange. And my mom could kind of, like, tell something was up. Um, I didn't think I anything was wrong. I felt totally fine. So I was quite confident that uh, it was not going to be a problem. But unfortunately, um, I did relapse in, I think it was April 2017. So that was during grade 11, just at the end of grade 11. So, um, yeah, that was a pretty shocking moment for sure. It kind of just felt like, like this sense of like the whole world's like falling apart like because like it's like falling back into like something that like I hadn't had to think about for I guess five years six years like it was just being like dragged back into this world of uncertainty yeah because like that's pretty much what it is when you have a disease like that just like you just don't know what's going to happen at any point like these weird complications can come up at any time or like you'll have to like find out from a doctor you actually have to stay Vancouver away from everybody for like another two months or maybe they'll be like oh you can go home it's just you have to be like ready for whatever happens and just like okay with whatever happens because there's nothing you can really do about anything that makes sense yeah it's pretty insane but yeah I mean I also learned how to kind of navigate that as an 11 year old already Mm -hmm. just kind of just being like yeah there's nothing I can do so I just kind of have to like trust God and also trust the doctors that they know sort of what they're doing and that whatever happens is going to happen and there's not really anything I yeah. have to do about it. So Sounds to me like it forces you to be in the moment. Yeah, right? totally. You yeah. can't really do much planning. It's like every day, one Absolutely. day at a time. Yeah, yeah totally. And that's definitely impacted my life though because, yeah. I mean, I think I'm sort of in that situation right now even again. I'm just like, well... I don't really know what's coming, but you just got to live each day one at a time, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I've definitely learned some useful lessons from it. Um, but anyways, I'll return to the story. So, yeah, in 2017, I relapsed. Um, it was a very scary time. They actually had found out that my cancer was, like, resistant to chemotherapy, Oh no! After about a, a another month of like trying to treat it initially, they did some tests. They realized that it had actually always been resistant to chemotherapy, and they just didn't know that sort of genetic markers. They hadn't known that six years ago. But it's also this is the part of the story that's actually like amazing, because the day that I relapsed is actually the day that this new drug came on the market, or wow. available for uh, experimental treatment. So the day that I relapsed was uh, the day. And six years is a really long time for 
cancer to not relapse. So, sorry, I'm not telling this well. I'm gonna. No, it's it's it sounds good to me. I'm just gonna like word that differently. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So six years is actually like a really long time for cancer to just kind of like wait to come back, like for it to be there and not show itself. Like that is an abnormally long time in between the first diagnosis and the second one. But the crazy thing was the day that I did relapse was the day that this new experimental drug was um, all of a sudden available for children to use. Gotcha. And it was actually that drug that ended up being what got me into remission for the second time. Wow. And it ended up being like my lifesaver, like a total miracle. So Yeah, I'm piecing together what you're saying too. Like the miraculous part of the fact that like, normally cancer would come back a lot yeah. earlier than yes. six years. Yes, absolutely. And it happened to be the same day it's on the market. Yeah, I get Yeah, gotcha. so any sooner, and there's probably not a very, it's a pretty poor chance I get into remission at all and be sitting here talking on this podcast, which is pretty insane. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and also just choosing to be on the drug. You can't actually choose to be on the drug. You just get to choose to be randomized into the study. So even then, um, it was still not something we were able to just like say we're going to do. It's like something that we still had to hope would happen for us. Yeah. So that was actually a pretty big moment of my life, actually, was choosing to be on that study. Because it was kind of like, in a way, just like laying everything down and saying like, all right, God, the chance on are, you. Yeah, yeah, it's like literally like drawing lots. I don't know. It's, it was crazy to just say like, well, the study's random, so if... If it's meant to be, this drug is meant to be what's right for us, then it'll happen. And if it's not, then I guess we'll probably be put in the control group. Mm-hmm. So we... I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You accept into the study, and then you don't know if you're in the control group. Or yeah. The, oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, for listeners without the medical, the control group is the placebo, right? Or just the the group that is... It's not placebo, per okay. se. Because you know if you're going to get the drug. Oh, They're not going to do. do that. Oh, good. <laughs> They're just going to, um, they would just not give it to you so that they could track how someone does without it versus someone okay. does. Like the scientific method, I yeah. think. Yeah. You need to be able to follow someone under the, the same circumstances and same regimen as someone taking the drug to know what is causing the difference. Right. Whether it's that or something else. So, but yeah, so it was pretty much just up to... God, I guess, whether we got on that study or not. And I ended up getting on it, obviously. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, the best thing that's happened to me, probably. Mm. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's neat to think about, in the context of your story, the sort of hybrid God has used in your life between uh, supernatural intervention. We're going to hold back your cancer an abnormally long amount of time. Yeah. And uh, natural innovations from doctors, medication. This sort of, you know... Totally. Like, you can totally see, like, God working through people and through the the health system and through other organizations like Ronald McDonald House. And, yeah, it's it's amazing. Totally. Yeah, that's... that's Yeah, that's so cool. Um, all right, back, back to, to 17... Yeah, and then, so, um, getting into remission actually wasn't going to be enough, just to, like, keep it away, because obviously it comes back, right? So, actually, I had to be, um, 
I had to get a bone marrow transplant. Okay. So what a bone marrow transplant is pretty much they take bone marrow from somebody who's um, a match for you, and they inject it into you after killing off all of your own bone marrow with chemo and radiation and stuff. Wow. And then so the new bone marrow, which is insane, they just put it in your, like, in like a blood transfusion and it just finds where it needs to go and it just kind of settles in the bone marrow like in the spaces in your bone and then it makes the blood and makes your immune system and makes all the cells for you so it's pretty much like a transplant of your immune system wow because that's kind of what leukemia is it's like your blood cells and your immune system they're kind of like they're mutated and they're not working correctly so pretty much it's like replacing that part of your body Wow. Yeah. I've heard of that, you know, leukemia and bone marrow transplants, but I didn't know how it worked. That's yeah. so interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but there was, um, it's hard to get a match because like it is very dependent on a lot of things. Um, and the best bet is usually siblings, but unfortunately all my sisters were just like 50% matches. So they, they were sort of willing to use those, but they'd rather not. And there was actually only one match in the whole world for my bone marrow. You're kidding. Yeah, one. Like, where? I don't even know, because <laughs> it's, like, confidential. Wow. Unless they want to share it with you. So a year after the bone marrow transplant, you can reach out and say, hey, um, do you want to, like, talk, like, email and, like, talk about, like, how you like saved my life and then if they say yes then you can like meet them it's pretty cool but um if they don't then you just kind of like oh well i guess that's never gonna happen and so the person was unreachable when we reached out so wow some unnamed they know that it's female because my dna is technically female in my blood now oh okay which is crazy so like that if you is. took my blood it shows the dna of somebody else wow yeah which is pretty wild. That blows my mind. Yeah, I know, right? It's just like, like my skin, I believe, my skin cells and everything would still say Noah Stolte, but my blood would say, well, maybe I should do a 23andMe test and figure out <laughs> yeah. who my donor was. But, <laughs> but yeah, so they were unavailable, so I don't actually know who it was. But, wow. So I know that they are female, and I know my, the doctors are also always trying to figure it out because they're super curious, all the nurses. So they're like, well, we know that the plane left around this time and it seems like it flew from this city. So we think that it was a female around 26 to 24 years old who lives on the East Coast. <laughs> so that's, a, that's like all I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Detectives. Yeah. The nurses are very invested <laughs> at, uh, I think, every hospital, but uh, especially yes. where I was, so... That is so cool. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to nurses. They, yeah, they need honestly. the love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do a lot. Oh, wow. On the show today, you heard Noah Stolte, our trusty podcast editor. So if he sounds really good on this episode, now you know why. Just kidding. Noah, you sounded great in person. I bet you wouldn't have to edit it much at all. Noah, it was awesome to hear your incredible journey and how God has walked with you through it all. I can't wait to be able to share part two with everyone. Uh, part two, as I mentioned in the intro, part two will be up in two weeks. 
For all your other One Life needs, including events, links, and information, you can find them at crconelife.ca. And if you have any feedback at all, or want to get in touch, or if you know someone who would be a great guest for a future One Life podcast episode, please email me at podcast at crconelife.ca. Thanks for listening. <laughs>